welcome back to Seven Skills for the Future podcast. I'm Emma Sue Prince and I'm joined by my producer James. Hello Emma Sue and hi everyone. This podcast, Seven Skills for the Future, is based on my book, which looks at seven skills that make a big difference to your life. They are adaptability, empathy, critical thinking, integrity, being proactive, being optimistic and being resilient. And I really hope you're enjoying series three. Last week's podcast was with Louise Chester, CEO of Mindfulness at Work. Such a huge topic right now and actually really relevant to all seven skills and particularly relevant to empathy and to resilience. We love to hear from your listeners and we'll tell you some ways to get in touch at the end of the show. Okay, so today's episode, uh, Emma Sue, I think is about something you feel quite passionately about. Yeah, it's all about meetings and I really, really hate meetings. What about you? Nobody likes meetings, right? Who likes meetings? Oh, well, you know, yeah, I I know. I mean, mean, somebody must because they're still happening, but... (laughs) I don't know who these people are. Yeah, I mean, I I, I just find, you know, from my own experiences and from from what I hear from other people, that most meetings really are an utter waste of time. Um, I had one just last week, which actually was was everything leading up to the meeting was chaotic then we had the meeting which went on for far too long plus I was feeling really Mm. ill which didn't help Mm. um and there there were two extra people at the meeting I didn't know who they were they just kind of turned up um all their ideas you know and then I had to start again with with the topic um no follow-up actions so I just think, you know, it's, 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 they're just ineffective and they take up too much time. Um, and, you know, I don't know about you, but I've also been to lots of meetings where there are, really are too many people, like six, seven, eight, nine, ten people. Some arrive yeah. late, you know, they leave early. There's no agenda. There's no one in charge. People are doodling or they're spending time on their phones. Um, and actually, you know, this is face-to-face meetings, so I, I don't even want to imagine what goes on in, uh, you know, conference calls. Yeah, so I kind of, I, yeah, I, I thought it'd be good to have a podcast episode about this topic um, and just explore more about how to make meetings much better, maybe even make them magnificent. <laughs> well, we can try, right? We can yeah. try. Um, what's what's the first things we need to do? What, how, how are we going to go about this? Well, I think a lot of it depends on, you know, whether you're in charge of the meeting um, or whether you're the person going to the meeting. And I think in both cases, there are things that you can do, different ways that you can behave, different actions that you can take. I find that often you can make business decisions sometimes almost on the spur of the moment um, at a kind of opportune conversation or maybe even during a break um, or a chance conversation. So I definitely feel it's about being open to those kinds of encounters as well rather than a formal meeting. So, you know, being alert to those opportunities and, and, and really being um, open to having having that kind of conversation at any point. 
but it's also obviously about changing the way that we run meetings in the first place and just making them more fun, you know. And I think that, you know, there are more things like walking meetings where people, you know, walk and talk, um, breakfast brainstorms, um, or just making them more interactive and definitely shorter. I'm all in favour of the short meeting. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, those sound like some interesting ideas. I'm curious. Let's talk first then about if you're the organiser mm. uh, of the meeting, what are the things that you should be doing? Yeah, so I think if you're in charge of the meeting, there are a lot of things that you can be doing. And I think people just don't give enough thought to it. So I think the first thing is to be thoughtful. Be thoughtful about the meeting that you're organising. Um, really think about who needs to be there. Um, what is the purpose of the meeting? You know, what do you want people to get out of it? What do you want the outcome to be? What is the agenda? Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a formal agenda, but what do you want to achieve? And and then I think running the meeting in a really collaborative and productive way. And then, of course, you've got to follow it through with action steps. So everyone in the meeting should walk away with concrete next steps or, or you know, things they have to action. And I think there's a clue, you know, if you have too many people in the meeting, then that's not going to happen. So it's really about having the, the key people there and they have actual things they have to action at the end of that meeting. Um, and then I think if you're the organiser, you can make meetings as short as possible, um, 20 minutes, 30 minutes max, not two to three hours, um, which is the norm. It is actually the norm for some companies to have meetings that go on for two hours, three hours, um, even longer than that. And, and apart from anything else, it's just such a waste of time and productivity, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, Okay, so what about the uh, what about agendas? Are, are they still important? Yeah, I mean, you know, agenda sounds really old fashioned, doesn't it? But um, <laughs> but I, uh, I, th- I think it, if we just think of an agenda as you know the areas that we want to cover, the objectives that we have for that meeting, then I think yes, sending it out in advance with a with a time limit against each item is a really good idea. Um, and, you know, obviously, if it's a smaller meeting, you know, maybe you don't need a formal agenda. But I think just sharing with other people who are going to be at that meeting, sharing what you want the meeting goals to be or what you want the objectives to be is a really good idea. And that hardly ever happens. It hardly ever happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and what about managing the, the actual the flow of the conversation itself? Yeah. Yeah. So, again, you know, if you've, if you've got too many people there, that's going to be quite hard to do. Um, but it's it's about, you know, steering the conversation without stifling um, the group's creativity, or, you know, without stifling their ideas. Um, so I think if, if one person seems to be dominating the conversation, then I think it's okay to steer the conversation to other people. So so often you don't see that. It's just you just have somebody blathering away, and they're you know they're, they're they're speaking for most of the meeting. So I think it's quite important that if you're in charge, that you do take that time to ask people for their views. You know, um, you know if it's if it's a controversial topic, you can get people to write something down and and, and put it in the hat. It's a great little technique, and you know yeah. makes it a bit more fun. You know, makes it a bit more interactive. Mm. Um, and, and that kind of thing also keeps the pace going and keeps the energy quite high. So I think just introducing little things like that can be really helpful. Um, and I think the person running the meeting should definitely show that they are in charge. You know, they, they, they need to lead it well. And that includes making sure people are not 
um, you know, faffing about on their phones. And, and yeah. you know, I mean, and I think the shorter the meeting, the less that happens anyway. But I do think it's about showing that you're in charge of the meeting and steering it. Um, and sometimes I've gone to meetings where I've not been in charge of the meeting, but I've ended up being in charge of the meeting because <laughs> no one else is leading it. <laughs> <laughs> which sometimes is a good thing because then I can steer it around the things that I actually want to talk about. So it's not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. And you and you can get it over in half an hour, maybe. As well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's all well and good if you're leading the meeting, but what if you're, you're the one who has to attend and you, maybe you don't even want to be there and do you hate meetings? Uh, <laughs> like some people I know. Uh, so uh, what do you do then? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I mean, first, I I ask myself, um, what the purpose of my attendance is? And do I have a choice? So so I think it's good to, to look at that first. Personally, if I can avoid a meeting, I will. Um, but sometimes it can be really good uh, to be at a meeting, even if you don't think you really want to be there. Um, and so, you know, own the decision that you've made to be at that meeting. Okay, that's the first thing. And then, um, show up. So that means, you know, arriving on time, greeting people, being prepared for the meeting, being present, being focused. You know, you might as well really maximise the, the opportunity of this meeting is how I would look at it. Um, and I think just doing those simple things means that you actually do get a lot more from the meeting and people will notice that. And that could be to your advantage, you know, because you're making a, a positive impression. So I think if I'm at a meeting, um, I, I do, you know, I, I don't then act like I don't want to be there. I do actually change my behavior. So I, you know, yeah. pay attention, I participate, I listen, you know, I get ready to be involved in the spur of the moment. Um, so, you know, one of the things that I've noticed about meetings is that the group interest in, in any contribution that you might want to make is always strongest at the beginning of a meeting. So, you know, if you do have something you want to say, then try to get it in there at the beginning. And I think if you don't have something that adds value to the topic or to the conversation, then then don't say it. You know, don't say it because you think, um, you know, you want people to hear your opinion. You know, I think it's about adding value to any meeting. Um, so quite often I'll be I'll be quiet, but I'll wait for the for the time when I want to say something. Um, and then I think, you know, listening and paying attention. So not checking out of the meeting in our heads, you know, which we like to do. Um, and, you know, not giving in to any negative feelings by expressing them to the group. You know, I think yeah. I think you have to kind of have a bit of a bit of self-control. Um, and, you know, if nothing else, they're a great opportunity to practice listening skills or to practice body language awareness. You know, looking at the way people sit can be very interesting. Okay, so do you have any ways to uh, to actually practice having better meetings? Yeah, well, so, you know, uh, my whole philosophy around these seven skills is that if you can practice them in, in small ways, you end up uh, really making them part of your behaviour. So that's why I say, you know, even if you don't like meetings, it's quite good to go to them anyway and start working on some of those some of those listening skills and being present and so on. Um, but, you know, we, we, we play a game in our workshops called Yes And, and I talked about this actually in episode five. And it's such a great game. And one of the many reasons that we play it is that it, 
it highlights our default behaviors and particularly it highlights what happens during a meeting um and the kinds of things that happen during a meeting um which we may not may or may not be aware of are things like switching off uh just not being present you know just not being there being somewhere else whether it's visible you know on your phone or whether it's kind of just in your head um or you know someone hijacking the agenda and and dominating Mm -hmm. um ideas not being heard ideas not being taken on board um lots of thinking about what we want to say next and preempting what others are doing and saying and no real creative story built because that yes and game is about creating a story um and no, no real creative story being built in that game is the same as a meeting with no concrete outcomes. So, th- so okay. these things, these behaviours, so we, that's why we play that game because it highlights those behaviours, and then you can automatically make that connection to what might be happening in the meeting. And all those behaviours I've just talked about, they all happen um, in meetings. So the learning here is that you simply become more aware of when you're doing those things um, during a meeting or a conversation. So I think it's about honing our awareness and um, choosing our behaviours in a situation. So it's very easy, for example, for me to say, well, you know, I, I, hate, I hate meetings, and then to go to a meeting and just have a really negative attitude the whole time, you know, and, yeah. and, and not really be there. And and that's just – that's 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 – silly that's not good um that's not a good way to actually um leverage that potential opportunity so i think it's about um being more aware of of how we might naturally want to respond to something um and when we might be doing those particular things um and i think also uh, really firing up our ability to listen um, so really listening is about being a hundred percent present with the other person and really getting outside of your head um, and, and not allowing distractions. So that's a skill that you could practice the very next time you have a conversation. You can actually practice that uh, skill of being a hundred percent present with that with that person. Um, and you know, so many times we think of listening in terms of what we're going to say or, or our body language, but actually. If you are 100% present, then those kinds of things happen really naturally. So I think that th- those are ways that we can practice. And, and the best way to practice is simply actually to go to meetings. So ironically, even though, you know, uh, we kind of want to have uh, less meetings, I think it's about um, actually going to meetings or supporting uh supporting changing them you know making them shorter or taking the lead sometimes if nobody else is taking the lead so i have done that and it's actually been a good thing to do there are lots of things that 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 we can do and i think it is about practice um Mm. and not avoiding the 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 meeting in the first place which is what i would probably prefer to do but i actually force myself not to do okay so uh well we've had a very enjoyable and interesting meeting so far today (laughs) Uh, but let's take a little break and then when we come back we'll have a question from one of our listeners So welcome back. We have a question here from one of our listeners. And the question is as follows. Uh, How can remote working overcome the problem of isolation and lack of collaboration? Mm. 
Yes, well, that's a good question. And uh, obviously, uh, there are a lot of people who uh, are freelance or, or you know, work, work um, perhaps isolated from others. So I think, you know, we, we, we are all hardwired to connect with others. So we actually need to be quite active when it comes to um, making sure that we don't feel isolated. So I think there are three ways that you can do this. The first question to ask yourself is how do you um, gain your energy? So I think if you can answer that question, then you are better able to work out how to plan your day and how to spend your time. Um, so, for example, um, let's say it's a Wednesday afternoon and you've just had a one hour video call with your team members. Think about how you feel at that moment. So if you gravitate towards being an introvert, for example, you may feel quite drained after that call and you might need to recharge. And if you're more of an extrovert, then you may feel full of energy because you've had that interaction with other people. So so um, I think it's about understanding where your energy comes from and then um, spending time in activities that lift your energy. Um, the second thing w is to um, look for online communities where you can engage with others. Um, so regardless of where you're located, you can always do that. Uh, so if you're wondering where to begin, then maybe think about three of your, your interests or three of the things that you really enjoy doing and look for online communities around those topics and then maybe getting in, involved with some discussions and that will help you to feel a bit less isolated. And then the third tip I would say is to plan some social events early in the week. Um, so what can happen is when you work remotely, you may find that you actually don't leave your house. Um, yeah perhaps the entire day or, you know, you, you're just not around other people. Um, and that might suit you sometimes, but actually it's healthy to have a bit of social interaction. So try to plan some events with family and friends early in the week. Um, and that will also help you uh, help give you energy and help give you that, um, that connectedness because we do crave connectedness. So it's important that we kind of bring that into our week as much as we can. If it's not coming from our work, then it can come from these um, social events. All of these things I think will help you to feel less isolated. Okay, thank you, Masu. Uh, as a freelancer, uh, again, I was paying very close attention to that. Very useful, <laughs> sounded very familiar. Okay, so I think that brings us to the end of today's episode. Yes, it does. And thank you so much for listening and look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Seven Skills for the Future podcast. You can find all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere where podcasts can be found. If you want to make sure that every new episode ends up on your phone, all you need to do is hit the subscribe button. And while you're there, why not give us a five-star review so more people can find out about the show? If you'd like to stay in touch or send in one of your questions for Emma Sue, then go to Unimenta on Twitter, 7Skills for the Future on Instagram, or at unimenta.com. We'd love to hear from you. And of course, there's the book, Seven Skills for the Future, available at booksellers everywhere.